good Monday morning. It is Thursday, September 16th. I haven't done one of these in a bit. You hear all my creaking doors as I'm letting my animals in and out. Um, I did mention before that like, you know, because I'm getting therapy, I would like offer you all free therapy in a sense by telling you what I've talked about in my therapy sessions. And we talked about something interesting yesterday. And it was kind of about validation. I mean, I guess I can kind of go along with how do you feel love from people? And basically she said something and, you know, you're getting this second hand and I'm not going to remember. I'll be honest. But she said something to the effect of, you know, some like if you're looking for validation from a person who is unable to give validation, like, you know, that's something that you shouldn't beat yourself up about like it's not a you problem that they can't give it it's a them problem and uh I kind of struggle with that because I told her to make it make sense in my brain I said it's like saying that somebody can lift 10 pounds of weights you know and somebody else next to them can lift 20 now, in my head, the person that's lifting 10, they need to get up to what the other person's doing. And if that person's doing 20, they need to like maybe every week add an extra pound, work on 11 for a week, then work on 12 for a week, then work on, you know, and keep going up until they also meet the person with 20 pounds. Like they need to do something to fix themselves. And I, and she, so she kind of was like, do you think that, you know, it's just giving them an excuse to not validate? And I said, yes, mm -hmm. like, that's exactly what I think. I think that. Like we give people excuses to not do better. And I guess then that comes up to what do you consider a valid excuse for why somebody can't validate mm -hmm. you, love you, be kind to you. I know my thing's buzzing away. I thought I shut these off, but I think you're all used to it now. Um, you know, and I guess like mental illness, physical illness, like there's like a like legit reason why somebody can't do something that makes sense. But like, I don't know. I think it's because maybe I've worked in healthcare for so long and I've seen people with mental and physical disabilities and what's different about them that they're able to do more than somebody who doesn't even have those issues and they're able to do less. Like that's a fundamental thing I struggle with in my own life. And I don't know if any of you are in the same boat, like what I give to people, I expect from them in return. And I don't always get that. And so then I kind of was saying how it makes me kind of I know everybody that knows me is like, you're fucking super extroverted. Like you're all, but no, I got to tell you, I like to be home. I don't like to really have a lot of like people I talk with because again, it feels like I give more than I get back. And that's like, I definitely could put my boundaries up at work, but doing it in my own private personal life is definitely a work in progress because the more people I have to interact with, I give more of myself to most of them than I get back. And it's just exhausting. It's like a horrible, nasty cycle. So that being said, you know, I was trying to like understand how some people can't give you back what you give them, you know, and it does feel like an excuse to be like, well, they're just not going to be able to do that. That's just not who they are. And I'm like, well, fucking get there. Like, you know, so like, I don't know if like this is ringing a bell with anybody and if you struggle with that shit too. I mean, I'll be honest, we didn't obviously get anywhere. It was more of like a discussion and trying to like wrap my head around that some people just aren't going to love you or, you know, in the way that you need to be loved. And then what do you do with that? You know, and she did say something interesting because obviously her job as a therapist, she's like, I validate people all day long, all day long. I do that. But then in my own private life, there are people that do not validate my feelings and my thoughts. And I'm like, so what do you do? I'm like, do you just cut them off? 
And she just said, some people, if they're that detrimental to your health, you cut off. And some people, if they're family, I know it's harder for people. You know, you just have to limit your time and work on getting your own boundaries in place. So you're not going to be as affected by their lack of being able to, you know, show you things the way they should. So it was a very cool conversation I had. I thought I'd pass that along. I'm still like, fuck those weak ass excuses <laughs> in my head because then I told her I worry I'm narcissistic because I want like fucking 20 Danas around me at all time. I want people that can like, I, I did, I told her like I can juggle 20 things in the air and something fucking falls off. I kick it back up with my foot. Like that's who I am as a person. So I, I do expect every single person in my circle to be able to do that. And if they can't, yeah, I fucking judge them. I judge the shit out of them. Like, why can't you? I'm fucking doing it. Like I just, it's weird. And then I know the next thing is, well, isn't there something you can't do that somebody else can? I mean, not really. No, <laughs> of course there is. But like, no, of course there is. Now I, I do sound narcissistic because I haven't found something yet that I can't do that somebody else has to for. Like, I'll figure that shit out. I don't know. Anyways, that was the interesting yesterday. I thought I would share that with everybody because I'm kind of still processing all the deaths last month. Really, just my father's is the one that's right in there that I'm working on. And currently, like, I think there's still that numb feeling. I honestly don't know when that's going to go away. And that was something I talked about with her. Like, I've had a good portion of my career in an ER setting, but I've done med surge. I've done, oh, I've done like a lot of different settings. I've even done some psych nursing. And, uh, you know, you have to be calm when the shit hits the fan. You know, I don't get to go huddle over in a corner and start bawling my eyes. I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? Like, I don't fucking get to do that. So in my personal life, I also don't get to do that. Like some shit goes down and I'm just immediately making calls. Like you do this. I start barking out orders of who needs to do what and figure this shit out. And then we talked about how people act in crisis, you know, like there are those, you know, oh, I'm totally having a brain thing on them right now. But, you know, there's that uh, fight or fight or fawn. Like, you know, I think there's a fourth one too. But anyways, basically some people like um, flight, like they just fucking run away from it. They just maybe get catatonic and just sit in the corner drooling. Like I can't deal with this. And I'm more of like the fixer, the problem solver. Like I'll fucking deal with this and I'll figure it out. But God damn, is that exhausting? Like, and it's, believe me, we're opening a whole bunch of layers of cans of worms in my therapy, but like, you know, it's very interesting because she'll bring up things that I never thought about. Like, you know, the people that just, ugh, you know, they go catatonic and just, you know, Maybe that's the fawn when you just kind of like lay there and don't do shit. But um, it's because everybody else rushes in to take care of them. And I told her, I was like, who the fuck trusts that other people are going to like take care of shit when it hits the fan? Like, I, I know I got it. Like, I'm not trying to like pass it off to somebody else because then I don't know that they got it. And then that was like a whole another level that we had to dig through. You know, why? Why do I not trust people to have it? Even at work, people go, like, can I help you? And I'm like, no, I got it. Like, you know, it's very, unless it's an IV I need you to put in that I couldn't get, I got it. So yeah, it's a very interesting thing. I wonder if all of you out there are super uber independent that you don't want anybody to help. And then you have to think, if you are that way, how does it affect your relationships in, in your life? That people want to help you. They want to be there for you, but maybe you shut them out and you don't even realize you're doing it. So yeah, it's a lot of things to look at. I'm telling you, I think everybody should be in therapy to like fucking get better for yourself. And then obviously if you're better for yourself, you'll be better for people around you. And I also know that not everybody can get it. I've got friends that were texting me that I can't get it right now. And I also have had periods in my life, decade or more of my life where I couldn't get therapy. And you know, people seem to like me even as a fucking hot mess. So there's that. But, uh, you know, cause I'm funny, right? Like Robin Williams was funny. Everybody's funny. People like funny. 
Um, and I'm not saying I'm going to do anything. I'm just making a comment that like people that are funny and people think there's nothing wrong with them when they're like fucking totally scurry inside. So it's just, I, I, I had to get back to people not getting therapy. So when I didn't have it, I literally remember reading self-help books. Like I would read self-help books about different things and try to like do my own therapy at home with a self-help book because, you know, you can go to the library. You don't have to spend money on that. You can get books out. I'm literally waiting for a book on my, there's like a Libby, L-I-B-B-Y app that you can get and you can use your library card and it works on there. And like, you'll just get books loaded up to your Kindle for like 21 days if you can't get to the library in person and get a physical book. But there's something called Thrivers. Google it for sure. I'll get the name next time and add it in. But Thrivers, I'm on hold waiting. But basically, it's a book that was suggested to me by my therapist because I asked her what the difference is between some people, again, that can handle so much shit in their life. And, you know, just think of any news story you've heard in the last decade or 20 years of somebody who was like kept captive and horrible things happen. And then they're like an adult now and they're like, you know, a victim's advocate. And you're like, how the fuck did that person survive that? How did they not only survive it, but fucking thrived in the face of that shit? Like, how did they do that? And then, you know, people that like, and I'm not being glib. I hope I don't come across because I know people have close relationships. But in my head, I always think of like your grandpa died. I mean, all my grandpas have died. So I don't even have like any, my grandma's the only one left right now. But like, your grandpa's supposed to die at 80 or 90. They just are like, that's just what happens. So like, in my head, when somebody dies at 80 or 90, as somebody has this really long reaction, like 10 years later, I miss you so much, Papa. And I'm like, okay. Like I, and then I feel like a cold bitch, by the way, because I'm like, you know, you didn't lose your husband, you didn't lose your kid. And I'm like, you know, but you're like always crying. I just don't understand how some losses will jar people's worlds, like and turn them upside down. And some people lose kids. And they still get out there and they do something with their life. And it's just very interesting. And I wanted to know why, like, what is it that's different for those people? So this book, I guess, is going to explain like that there's certain characteristics that we all possess that some of us will be thrivers, no matter what fucking life throws at us, you know, like we're going to fucking beat it down and figure out how to deal with it and move on and keep thriving, which is a weird word. I sounds like one of those like two in the morning and they're like, everybody's chanting in the audience, we're thrivers, say it again, we're thrivers. You know, like it just sounds a little cultish because I, but I'm going to read it anyways, just to see. So I will let you know when I ever get that from my library and my Libby thing and uh, let you know if it's any good. So just some things to think about therapy wise. Uh, obviously, I'm not a licensed, you know, therapist. So I always feel like I, I'm sure the three or four people that listen to this know that. But I just thought I would pass along what I've heard in my own therapy that maybe would help you if none of you can get it right now. She really preaches boundaries a lot. And I've done some podcasts on boundaries, but like I fucking struggle still. It's funny because I don't struggle with work. My work my work boundaries are golden. I'm like, no, I'm going to take a step back. I fucking need this for my mental health. It's boundaries with like my close personal relationships that I think I struggle with. Not that I don't let people know what I need because we all know I'm not quiet. I let you know what I need, but it's, you know... I don't know. It's like how to accept that some people aren't going to like validate me in the way I need to be validated. And like, what am I going to do with that? Like that kind of shit I'm still working through. So I hope you're all doing okay. I know everybody's probably exhausted that hasn't had the time off. Um, you know, it's funny. I've had time off and it hasn't been a year yet. I went PRN in like November of last year. I mean, I, I think I went PRN a year ago, but I continued to work part-time hours all the way up until November when I got mono a second time. 
And uh, my body has been telling me for fucking years since 2019 to like slow my roll. And it took like getting mono twice in 14 months. And you can look it up. It's like a 10% chance of getting a reactivation in my ass did. So like, it's funny that all these signs are there, like slow the fuck down, bitch. And I'm like, I can keep doing it. Like, and that's my personality. And then it's like, you're going to get mono twice. And I'm like, I'll be down but I'll be back. You know, I'm still like fucking not. And then this whole past year, that's just been a clusterfuck for me. Even being PRN with, we've had a lot of deaths. If I have to count in the calendar rolling year, five, five that I've known about this past year, uh, that affected people that I love. And so five, three in August, two in November. I mean, there's a stroke in there too, but that person's doing fine, you know, now. Oh, and then there's a cancer diagnosis, two cancer diagnosis, diagnoses, but uh, yeah. So it's just been like a rough fucking year, even with the time off. It's almost like there's a reason I had to have the time off to deal with all this clusterfuck. And you know, the sad fact is we know people are out there working, maybe dealing with five deaths in a year and a couple cancers, you know, things in their family and just, they got to keep working because they don't have an option. So I'm always going to say, I'm grateful that we fucking live cheap. Like literally, like there's no car payments, there's no credit cards, there's just a house and utilities, like, and it's a foreclosed house we bought years ago. So like our shit's cheap. We literally, one of us could work part-time and make these bills. Does it leave us, you know, yeah, we don't have vacation, we don't get to go out to do shit, but just dealing with life, it's a fucking godsend because all I have to worry about is the fucking bare minimum. And I, I don't know what I would do if I had like a shit ton of debt that I had to work a shit ton of hours just to barely break even. I guess that's one thing I can thank my dad for. He, uh, I mean, not the only thing, but like he was super cheap. He didn't understand people wanting a lot of things that cost money. Like he was just happy fishing with, you know, catching his own crayfish to use for bait. You take off the claws, use them as bait and fucking catch a nice little smallmouth bass. Like he was all about just, you know, had a fishing pole, the same one for fucking probably 20, 30 years of his life. Just had the same fishing pole he had when he was in his twenties. Like, I don't know. That's, I very much take after him in that sense. I just don't, I get all my clothes at thrift stores. Like I can't even remember the last time I bought something brand new because my ass, well, my mom, my mom will get stuff off of like wish and Amazon and bring me things for my birthday. But like, I just, I just go to thrift stores. I just, I don't know. I really don't see the point in spending money and, and going out to eat. Yes, it's lovely. I went to melt on our anniversary in August and I was so fucking ecstatic because I had a chili, uh, chili, a Philly cheesesteak, but it was made with that seitan, like S-E-I-T-A-N. It's like a wheat meat, if you will. So it's vegetarian, but fuck, I haven't had a, a Philly cheesesteak in like six or so years, seven, something like that. I haven't had meat. So having that at Melt was fucking amazing. Like it was so damn good. I loved it. But again, that was our anniversary. Believe me, I'm always like kind of, oh, wow, it's cool. You're out to eat again. You're out to eat again. But we just, we don't have the money to go out to eat like that. And honestly, the sodium level and all the other shit, like who's making my food, who's wiping their nose and maybe touching it. I'm really weird about that. So I'd rather just make it at home. So yeah, it's funny though, because I don't think my husband's on board with like all the free things. I think he likes to go do things. I think he's trying to get in the mindset of free things because like you have to exchange time to have all those things you want. And like, I'd rather have the time to do cheap shit than like, take my energy to work somewhere else to have the money to go do the more expensive shit. Like then I have to exchange time away from people I love to go do that. And I just, I don't want to make that exchange. So yeah, I just figured it would be some old woman, like with some ratty ass thrift store clothes, living in some tiny ass little cottage in the woods with like lots of books in the library. Like every week I have like a 30 book haul in my elder years 
and I'm like out there foraging for fucking like my lunch. And that honestly would be super peaceful and I would thoroughly enjoy it. I would. That would be a very hallmark kind of lifestyle for me. Oh my God. And before I end this, this is a long one, but we have to talk about hallmark movies. Since my dad died, I haven't really watched a lot of shit because I can't, like I said, I'm not even crying. I'm fucking numb. I'm just like watching lots of horror movies because, you know, whatever, like all of August, it was like Friday the 13th, which was the day my dad died in August. But like, that was beside the point I was watching him before he died. And then I had to like weird thing to finish out the series after he died. And, you know, watching Jeepers Creepers, watching Tales of Halloween. Like, I don't know. We've just been watching Freddy Krueger, like all the, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Like we've just been watching all horror movies. And I was scrolling through the fucking like description of different movies. I'm like, you know, you got Amazon Prime, if you got Hulu, whatever you streaming you may have. Because we don't have cable, but we have streaming devices, which is in our case cheaper than cable. Because we just don't do a lot of them. We don't have like 20 of them that would, you know. So, but there's like a Hallmark movies. I fucking kid you not. There were like three, three of them that I literally took a screenshot of because I've never watched them. Like I've watched Lifetime movies and I'm guessing Hallmark's similar, but maybe more cheesy. The storylines, like if any of you want to be a writer, I'm just going to tell you right now, if they're making fucking movies with these really flimsy plot like premises, like you can fucking write. Like I tell myself that the one was like, <laughs> what was it fucking called? I wish they're all cheesy, but one was like to save her father's failing pumpkin patch, you know, whatever. Ryan heads back to Connecticut for the fall. And, you know, there she meets her old nemesis, you know, Ryan, or whatever the guy's name would be. I don't know. Uh, Clint, you know, who has a rival pumpkin patch farm. And it's like, you know, laughter and love ensues in this Hallmark classic. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who? What? There was literally one where the girl, like, I didn't watch him, but I'm just reading the, you know, and one where the girl had to go home to help her father set up his uh fall. What the hell do they call it? They called it something like this. Like, not a parade, but, like, his fall party for the town. And it made me think if anybody's ever, ever, ever watched um, the Gilmore Girls. Like, it's, like, some kind of sleepy town like that. And they have some fall festival. Maybe that's what it was. She has to save his fall festival. And then another one was, like, a lawyer one where, like, she has to meet her, like, you know, know, the prosecuting and the defense, you know, defense attorney. And they have, like, some kind of battle at their home in the fall. They're both from New York. I don't know. Something like that. But they're very... Those are just hysterical. And maybe one day I'll just do like a movie binge of Hallmark movies and cry my eyes out. Like I feel at this point I have to like be induced to cry because I haven't cried. So maybe I'm going to have to watch some. Like, I mean, I tear up here and there, but it's like not even about my dad dying, which is weird. Like, so I don't know. I'm going to have to somehow like get that to happen because I don't want it to happen somewhere where I'm not fucking prepared for it to happen. Isn't that crazy? My controlling ass thinks I can like time when I'm going to be upset about somebody dying. Like I do, I fucking a hundred percent do think, okay, Sunday morning at 1030, I'm going to go here and it's going to happen. Like that's what I fucking want to do. I know I'm crazy. That's why I'm in therapy. So everybody take care. And, um, I'm sure I'll do one of these next week. Whenever I kind of got out of the Monday binge, but you'll be all right. Maybe I'll do one Monday next week.